Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are tuning in to Let's Talk Hartford Public Schools. My name is Tyrone Richardson, known as Mr. Rich. I have been a public school teacher, a principal, and I'm now an executive director in my hometown of Hartford, Connecticut. Let's Talk Hartford Public Schools is a collection of conversations with hardworking, inspired, devoted members of our community who support the education of our beautiful and capable students. Each personal story is a thread. And when weave together, these stories reveal the strong net that is our Hartford community. In supporting our children's growth, community is everything. Let's talk Hartford Public Schools. All right, and our exciting guest for today is Miss Shante Brody. Miss Shante Brody is the chair of the Family, Community, and Engagement arm of our Board of Education. She's not only that, right? She's a parent of Hartford Public School students, and she's a native of Hartford, Connecticut as well. Welcome, Mrs. Brody. Thank you, glad to be here. All right, so you got a lot going on right now. We're gonna start with you telling us a little bit about yourself. Where were you born and raised? Well, I already mentioned that, Hartford, but um, tell us a little bit about your background coming up in Hartford. Um, I am a native of, of North Hartford. Um, I grew up primarily off of Albany Avenue, um, with the exception, probably at least through my primary grades. Um, I started off um, attending Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Elementary School um, in at the end of the fourth grade, we moved further up, um, kind of still slightly off um, Albany Avenue, um, but it put me um, in a different um, district. And I attended Sand School for my fifth and sixth grade year. Um, my mother had the wonderful idea to sign me up for Project Concern, which is now Open Choice. Yeah. So that was just seventh grade, short-lived, very different experience for myself. After the year was up, I was like, Ma, I don't. Hold I don't up, hold up. Okay. Where? What town? Where? <laughs> um, I went to Granby, Granby Middle, seventh grade. Wow. You had to get up early for that. Yes. It was still dark when I um caught the bus. Myself and I remember um Kenyatta Lewis, um, we stood Maine near Maine and Sims near the old um when, when Rockins library was standalone sort mm -hmm. of yep. because sand school was different classrooms scattered they in had the community. Yeah. yeah. They had so I was in Maya one, Maya two. Um but we so we seventh grade still dark. We caught the bus um to Granby school. We shared the bus with Suffield. Um, I don't regret the year though. Yep. Um, I felt like a fish out of water, but it was not bad. I can't say that it was a bad experience, but it was so different at such a middle school years. It was just like, yeah. I'm not feeling it. So my mom agreed to allow me to return back to Hartford Public School. So I did eighth grade at Fox Middle in all four years at Weaver High School, Weaver High School graduate. Okay, I want to shout out, take a second to shout out Weaver. People get on me because I'm always talking about Harper High because I graduated from Harper High. But I do want to shout out the Beavers from Weaver. There you go. All right. Yes, yes. Congratulations. 
Um, now, I know seventh and eighth grade from Granby to Fox had to be a whole entirely um, different experience for you. What was your favorite, um, I guess your favorite grade level, your favorite teacher, favorite school? Favorite. I have two favorites for very different reasons in different parts of um, my life. So fourth grade is the absolute favorite. Okay. Um, Mr. Marshall was a fourth grade teacher at Martin Luther King School. My uncle had him. Um, I have an uncle, my youngest uncle, who's five years older than me. So my grandmother, my grandma's baby. So he had Mr. Marshall and we heard the stories. I'm like, wow, one day. So then my older brother had him who was two years older than me. So I'm like, I always tell the story that the end of third grade, they gave you your report card. Like you had to bring they it home. They told you who your hand. teacher was on it, right? <laughs> so I, you know, you're not supposed to open the envelope, but I just uh -huh. remember getting into my building and I could not take it. I ripped it right open near the mailbox. <laughs> like I was like, I can't wait. I just got in. And when, okay. when I saw that he was my teacher, yeah. it was just, because you you heard about, oh, Mr. Marsh, like you want to be in his class. You want right. to, he was one of few teachers that you, it was two guaranteed field trips to Martin Park and I think Kwasi. <laughs> like you knew like he was special and you wanted. So it was like I won the jackpot um, going into so, um, fourth grade. I went to Martin Luther King for a spell. I was only there until first grade, kindergarten, first grade, um, had Miss Matula. I uh, had Miss Matula in first grade. <laughs> she was, she looped. Yeah. She had kindergarten and first grade. Yeah. Um, Josh Hall did as well. Just okay. Josh Hall. Because it was um, a Mr. Matula, because it was a lot of married couples that taught right, in the same right. school. Now, was Mr. Marshall um, Black? He was Black. He was very light-skinned, though, because yep. in, in, in his interesting story was that he, his... He walked hunched over. Uh -huh. um, he had his back. Could, you could tell at some point in time he broke his back. So he told us he told us his story that he he must have played hockey in mm -hmm. college, I believe. Mm -hmm. And he said some students were um, racist towards him and like really pushed him to have it pushed him over. Something happened that he sustained the back injury. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah, he did share that um with us. It wasn't like a handicap though, because it he's but he did walk over in a position. Um yeah. but he was very, very fair skinned. Um, because that's what we used to be like, is he black? Is he white? <laughs> you know, <laughs> he, he told yeah. us his story, yeah. Um, and how he, you know, triumphed beyond, you know, beyond that experience. So I was just trying to figure out was he was he the the teacher everybody wanted because he was a man and that was very rare then or just him as a teacher. I think just him as a teacher, very soft spoken, rarely it was one student who I still know to this day that I just remember that he ever like slightly raised his voice at because he just didn't have to. He he treated you in such a way that you wanted to be there. You were engaged in your learning. He was really good, good at math. He, my, he made the environment so fun and you were learning at the same time. So you never felt like 
you were at school and it was a drag because he created an atmosphere that you just wanted to be there all the time. And you felt like he cared about you. And he also had a um, assistant, a parent mm-hmm. in the room with him, Mr. Clemens. Um, Mr. Clemens was right from our community. Like Mr. Clemens knew your mother, your father, you know, so yeah. he was his assistant. So when, if you needed help from him, he was there. It was like a really, a really very um, nice atmosphere to be in. Like you could, I could almost still feel it. And everyone in that class, I know who was in my fourth grade class. That's how much you wanted to be there and remember that. I remember almost everyone that was in that class with me. And so I almost feel this and everybody can't see you, right? Because we're in the, you know, we're on the radio waves and whatnot, but I can see the excitement in your face when you talk about it. And it's one of those things where you want people listening to this to want this for their classroom if they're a teacher or for their classroom if they're a parent of a student or for their classroom if they're a student themselves. You know what I mean? Like you you want that kind of feeling of that's why we are in education in the way we are now. And I'm I'm assuming it's part of the reason why you do what you do. Um, But that's your fourth. That's your fourth grade one. And your first favorite What's your second favorite. My second favorite is Miss Mary Pruitt from Weaver High School. Okay. She was a business teacher. Um, I loved all the business teachers. Miss Barry, it was Miss Oliver. My colleague Kim Oliver was her auntie. Like they were the mamas of, you know, the, the students who decided to, you know, have interest in business. Um, she was... Um, she was like a mom at school. Like you, you, it was clear expectations. You know, you were going to be somebody out, you know, once you left, you know, the school, once you graduated, you knew you were going to graduate. She wasn't accepting no for an answer. She looked for opportunities, um, for us, um, in short, you just want, I just wanted to be her like, um, and then one, it was one, um, we went to like a scholarship, like she would look for small, like scholarships from like different insurance companies, whether they were small agencies or large. And it was a event that we had to go to. And at that point, my mom came and my mom was like, I had your teacher when I was you know, when I was in school, yeah. um, but it was high expectations and you felt you were good enough and you felt that you would meet those expectations. Um, very, very, um, she just portrayed um, and was a role model that you saw every day. And you just was saying, I, that's who I would like to be like, Miss yeah. Pruitt. It's an awesome experience. I hope your fellow colleagues from Weaver or, or you know, are listening to that so they can uh, vibe off of Miss Pruitt as well. What was your favorite subject in school? My favorite subject. I enjoy, I can't say my favorite subject was math, but my favorite class in math was geometry. Okay. Um, I enjoyed geometry class if I had to pick a subject it maybe would be English because it was always a 
it was always a um an opportunity um, for you to read and then for you to be expressive and creative and being able like you can express how you know the text um touched you but then there were also a writing component that you could express yourself to so the expressing myself um part really um really was good um yes, it was good for me at that time yep so you went from geometry and then somehow you bounced to english i don't know how that because i really just enjoyed the geometry class okay, like just, I that, that really, part of math okay yeah that part of math i just enjoyed it um and i can i can just remember i was like i particularly math wasn't my thing but i was like i'm really enjoying this geometry class now what kind of student were you and you know you you know your kids are listening they're gonna listen to this too. <laughs> tell the truth what kind of student were you that you couldn't last in grand before a year but you know because green what it was about granby is you go from going to school with your peers your neighbor yeah. like you i'm you know, the chances of if, if someone on your street isn't in your class, they're in your school, you see them. So you go from that to being like, you're lucky if it's another black kid like you in your class. They kind of tried to make it at least be two of us um, in the class. So I just I was learning a lot. Um, I was being exposed to things I hadn't been exposed to. Mm -hmm. but I long to have like my friends at school with me. And then you, they, you know, you knew people while you're, you're, you're in my class, but it didn't, it never extended beyond the class. So if you can explain, you know, project concern um, back then was about uh, integration, correct? Yes. Okay. So now, so open choice is the same. I believe it. I don't know, like, if it's more, um, like, based on the numbers, I don't know that it's a different number. Mm -hmm. I get why. Um, the one thing that I have, I can't necessarily say advocate, advocate, I haven't been an advocate for, but I have mentioned it is that there was an adult that rode on the bus with us that mm -hmm. stayed at school with us. I don't believe, I know as of recent years, maybe I know it was not the case maybe five years ago. I don't know since then, has it gone back to that? So anytime you were uncomfortable, anytime you needed extra support, right. anytime you just needed to confide in someone because you're in this environment that is different from your own at home, that person was there at the school working in accessible. And I think that that absolutely um, made a difference. So what we mentioned your um, children, you said you told me offline that you had one student that graduated and then another one still in school. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yep. So I have a sixth grader um, at Annie Fisher Montessori. I have a now junior at UConn stores. Okay. And you graduated from University High School of Science and Engineering. So went through Harper Public Schools as well. Yep. All the way through. Okay. So University High School of Engineering, Montessori mm -hmm. School, Project Concern. 
what's your view of school as a whole? Like, what would you take from all those components to make your perfect school? A lot of people, I think, have a misconception um, of Montessori. I don't, I'm not an expert at it. Um, I'm learning as my child is learning, Mm -hmm. but it is the most simplest way to learn for kids and and friendly to a child. Um, There are some tweaks that had to be made for my sixth grader because she, um, because you get, so the belief is, and I hope no one quotes me as wrong. The belief is if a child can choose their work, that the things you want them to do that might not be their favorite, they'll be compelled to do it because they get to do, they get to choose their work. So it's not um, hard to say, let's do this writing in the child loves math because the child can choose math. So when you say, let's do writing, they're not so opposed to it. when they're smaller and in, in, in like all schools, you want them pretty small. It'll be like, okay, it's a fun um, activity. My youngest, it was like a farm. It was looked like a farm scene with animals. She wanted to do that all day. Yep. So they was like, okay, she's not moving on <laughs> to anything else. So she, she got the farm closed down for a couple of days, <laughs> but, but just the, just them being so independent and being able to work on a project um, with um, their peers, being able to work independently to be in the to own their um, their education and their learn like it is. So the teachers are called guides, like they're guiding them on this journey. Right. Um, so if they receive a, like if it's something new, the teacher has to give them a lesson before they can choose it on their own. Mm-hmm. But it's just a simple way of learning that is so kid-centered that I think people who don't understand it um, is like a misconception about it. Okay, so I take it you like it. Yeah, I, I appreciate the um, the Montessori. Um, okay in more ways than one. All right. Now, when you were in school, I, you know, I don't, I didn't get a quite the clear answer on the type oh, of what student. Kind, okay, what kind of student I was? Yeah. yeah. I was, it's, it's a little bit sad, but I was a, um, maybe the same student throughout. Um, like I wasn't the one, I wasn't a class clown. I didn't draw attention to me. I, I'm very stubborn. My kids will say that's my mother. I, I really not stuck. I just wanted to, I never wanted to be the attention to be on me sort of um, student. But when I was at Fox in the eighth grade, I lost my brother. Um, he was, he was murdered. So that kind of shaped a little bit of my high school um, experience. Like I, I don't think I, I think I missed out on a lot. So that's what my um, oldest like made sure she had the opportunity to go to events. And I had those opportunities, but I just was through that traumatic experience. I just don't think I like went to all of the basketball games and just really soaked up my high school experience. Yeah. Um, 
And, but I, all in still, I kind of say I was like maybe a reserve student. I wasn't one to get in trouble. I can't say I've never gotten in trouble, but it was me maybe reacting to something. Mm-hmm. But I was always the student that, you know how student, you know, students yeah. could be, right? Yeah. So I was always the one when you see a teacher like trying and I'm like, y'all, like we gotta, we really like, come on now. <laughs> She's trying to teach us and she looked like getting to the end, the end of her patience here. So I was right. that kind of student. Like I was a student. Two, I never forget. Um, I had Miss Krause and Weaver for English, and I don't know if that was 11th or 12th grade. My friends would be skipping class, and they knew I was in that class, and they would come knock on the door. So she was a little frustrated with me, but I'm like, I'm in here, right? They're out here, and and Miss Krause, me and her, I can't say we really like hit it off, right? But through my writing, because she was like, you have to write about something that's personal. And so I wrote about my brother and he was a student of hers because he was two years ahead of me. So she had him as a student. So it kind of had us bond in a different kind of way. And it was like a little, I don't care for Miss Krause because Miss Krause was not playing around. So and she lived in our neighbor. She lived in the Hartford community. She didn't live too far from Weaver. I believe she lived right up on Palm Street. And through my writing, she kind of better understood me. Why I don't probably want to necessarily participate or raise my hand and be the one answering the questions. But through that writing, um, she pulled me aside and it kind of like developed our relationship. You know, that name Krause. It doesn't sound like someone who wasn't, you know, it sounded like somebody who wasn't playing around. Just he was. He played no games. Um, <laughs> last question about your school, your schooling coming up education-wise. What was your favorite lunch? I, I'm not a meat eater. Well, mm-hmm. I, I'm a pescatarian, so I eat seafood. So when I was in school, I was not. So my favorite um, lunch was um, Jamaican beef patties and cocoa bread. <laughs> That was definitely. Okay, that, that it. Yeah. I'm showing. I'm getting. I'm getting the school lunch that day. That day. Yeah. <laughs> so, Miss Shante Brody, you are the chair of the Family, Community, and Engagement um, Committee for the Harper Board of Education. How'd you get to that point? Why do you even want that? Um, why do you even? Why did you even want to join the board? Um. I didn't always want to join the board Um, prior to being um, on the um, a school board member. I attended meetings many years before Um, I was um, involved in, you know, my child's school. Mm -hmm. I attended if it was a meeting, I was there. I always wanted to know what was going on concerning my child's education. So naturally from going to meetings, you're interested, you you join in with parents and leadership. So that went from being, you know, a PTO member, a PTO officer, 
Um, I also served on school governance councils in both mm-hmm. my oldest ele- elementary school and her middle school. Um, so just being exposed to Board of Education meetings, um, I became very interested. I was approached um, a couple times um, in regards to running for Board of Ed, but I was like, nah, that's not something I want to do. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed um, advocating on behalf of families um, and just helping parents um, be that same advocate. Um, it came to a point in time where it's very different to be someone who, which is is nothing wrong with it. The person that's going that's going to the board members, um, stressing what they think you know should be done, or if it's an item that um, they want um, to be voted on a certain way, or just for them to just understand the effects of when you're making these decisions, how it affects, you know, at the school level. So I went from trying to do that and not thinking I was very um, successful at doing that part of the advocacy. Like I was successful with central office, um, getting to, you know, if if we, we receive a new superintendent, Traditionally, what I did was I made an appointment with them. I wanted them to know who I was. I but this I, was as this was as like PTO as a parent. Okay. At this point, I, I probably didn't have to be on a PTO. I was just like, I'm a parent. I want to get on your schedule. I want you to know that I love my community. Um, we have high expectation for our students, and I'm here watching basically. And I want you to do a good job above all. Mm-hmm. So I went from wanting to, so I'm, I'm trying to say, how can, how can I um, imp- impress upon these people to want to make decisions that I think um, my community needs to saying at this point, when I was approached again, mm-hmm. um, it, it hit that time that maybe I actually could be um, that person. Instead of asking for it and advocating for it from the school level, let me let me go up to this level where I can make that change or help support the change that I know would be beneficial to our um, to our students. Yes. Okay. Um, And how long have you served on the board? Um, I am ending my fourth year. Yes. Four. So it's a four-year term, and I. I'm in in the fourth year of that um, four-year term. Can you be uh, reelected or be reassigned? How does that work? Yep, reelected. So I'll be on the ballot November 2nd. Of this year coming up? Yep, we have a Board of Ed election um, in a couple months. Is that something that you, you wish to be a part of again? Are you yep. going for the election? Okay. Yep, I'll be on the ballot. You answered that fast. Um, what do, is this a? Is it? People want to know, right? I ask the questions whether I know them or not. So, is this a paid position? It is not. It is not. And when we've gone to as a board of ed, we've gone to other 
like we went to a um a couple years ago like a national convention in dc mm-hmm. and we at we was at the table with people that i'm on my board at and i get paid and we were like yeah. <laughs> we are not we do it from our heart <laughs> but yeah and, and it, it is an unpaid position we do mm-hmm. not work for we are not board of education employees and sometimes that's really misunderstood <laughs> however um what's your responsibilities you don't get paid for this, but what are your responsibilities? So our responsibility, so we do. So we have, like you mentioned, I'm the chair of the um, Family and Community Engagement Committee. Mm-hmm. So we, 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 we write policy. We, we change policy. So, but one of probably the most important um, jobs that, duties that we have um, I don't like the term. Some people say we're the superintendent's boss. I don't kind of see it as her boss, um, but we do. Um, we have a responsibility of voting in a superintendent, and the superintendent provides the board with a plan. Mm-hmm. And we are the body that, as a body, not as individuals, that we vote on that plan and that we are responsible um, for seeing that that plan um, actually comes to fruition. That but is our do, responsibility. But you do evaluate the superintendent. That's the thing. The So the plan is sort of like the superintendent has goals yep. um, that is present that she presents to us. And that's what we 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 do we evaluate her based on um what she said she was gonna do okay what's the best part of your role on a super uh, on the board of education the my the best part of my role is to for me giving the voice to some who are sometimes not heard most a lot of times not heard giving whether that's a parent, whether that voice is um, a student directly, usually the student's um, advocacy, it comes through, through, you know, through a parent Mm -hmm. and then advocating for whom I um, believe are, and I think everyone would agree, are very important um, individuals. And that's the teachers delivering to the student. Um, and, and it goes for even beyond the teachers, it goes to the secretaries, to our cafeteria staff, to our custodians, um, all of, and, and it's because all of, all of these people, right, all of the employees have some role in developing a student or providing something for the student's environment. Um, So I believe um, they need advocacy too, because I need them to be at their best and for them to get what they need in their um, function, because I need the student to win in the end. So the advocacy, even though at times it'll seem like the advocacy is for an adult, but the adult is delivering to a student. And I need the student desperately to get what they need um, from our school system. Right. Uh, 
I say, there's a book uh, that, that I took this from, but I say, if you don't feed the teachers, they're going to eat the kids. So <laughs> you know, we the adults definitely to be on point. And we do a lot of things for adults to make sure they take care of our kids. It's with good intentions. Yes. Um, what's the toughest part of your job, of your role? I don't want to call it a job. I know it's a job, but you're paid getting paid. Uh, what's the toughest part of your role? The toughest part is sometimes feeling like the community has disengaged from the process because they don't believe in the process. What do you mean process of education? The board, yeah, what, just just the be, like for um for our whether it's a family whether it's a community group um for them not to engage with anyone like you're separated from the process that we do we we we're talking about performance, we're talking about um, environment. And sometimes when the community voice goes silent, um, it's not, I, I know it's not because they don't care, but for some reason, there's a disengagement when you don't hear the voice um, of the community, um, when you know you have to have an opinion about um, certain things. And when you don't hear that, that cry out, and sometimes when you don't even hear the applaud for the great things that we do, it makes me feel like there's a disengagement. Um, and that's tough. That's tough because um, board members, um, like you said, it's an unpaid um, position. Um, that we put a lot of time, a lot of thought. We, I don't know about everybody. It was, some of us lose sleep. Um, and when, when there's no response, um, from, from the community, it kind of is disheartening for me, even, even when it's great stuff going on. And it's like, I don't hear the celebration, and I don't hear the demand for accountability at times. And that's hard. That's hard for me. Well, let's let's switch that up for a second. It's getting kind of down right yeah. now. <laughs> um, I, I understand that, right? Um, we have such a short attention span. Um, what's, what's one of the things you're proud of that you've seen from Hartford Public Schools in your tenure on the board? I've had, um, prior to being on a board, I'll back it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was a substitute teacher for four years. Mm -hmm. So I got to work alongside and really understand the school system. I think without that experience, I wouldn't have been a, a, the board member I am. Mm. Um, cause from being in and working with, um, our staff, it helps me understand better. So what I, cause, so with that said, I know um, some of the, you know, staff we have, I know 
the ones that I've seen that's there before you and they are leaving, like the custodian is saying, you got to go. Right. Like I know the, um, I know the principals who look at me and say, you a substitute teacher. I only could, I only could pay you for the day you're covering a class, but I would like to invite you to our professional developments, to our staff meetings, to the the week leading up to school starting. I want to invite you because you're going to be a part of this community for an extended part of time. So I know those people exist. Mm -hmm. So it helps me fight harder for like certain things that involves them. I know what they deliver to our students. So that um, that helps me be a better um, board member because I know the people that work in our buildings. Okay. And so knowing that, right, I still want to get to the proud thing in your tenure, right? So what is, give me an accomplishment for Harvard Public Schools that you've seen go through and it's like, wow, that's, we did a good job with that. Um, We've had a, a superintendent that has not, walked out on us. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I I was a parent. I was yep. a parent leader. I I've been around way yep. before being on the board and I seen them come and I seen them go. I've seen them pick them and I'm like, "Why? That didn't make any sense because I saw the candidates. I'm yep. going to the candidate forum, so I see one and I see the other and I'm saying, "How did we end up with this being um our decision?" Um I don't think for, I, it seems like we're focused in that we're pushing through. We've had some setbacks, but I guess if it was one thing um, I'm proud of that we've had some consistency um, with the leader. Yeah. And our leader, shout out to our leader, Dr. Torres Rodriguez um, yeah. who's from Hartford as yeah. well. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's gotta be a, an awesome feeling for her. Um, Let's see. How do you assess if our school system is making progress? Some may just assess just based on test scores. Mm. Um, And I guess I'll too, I'll lean, I I always lean towards being in the school and knowing um, people can't imagine what it takes to for for student growth just in reading right it's not like like we get caught up sometime in percentage points and sometimes that's the only from someone from the outside looking in that's all you sometimes have to look at right but I think not knowing what goes into um helping a young person like even connect with the text to even be able to improve a reading score or things because there's so many things that impact education that's not that does not happen in the um, school building that when we look at test scores sometimes we don't consider those things um but being in the um, 
school building. And I, and I had the opportunity sometimes, like, it wasn't like you're just in one class one day and you're covering a class we have. I've been um, in classrooms from October to May. I've been straight through. I've been in like for extended amounts of time. Right. So you have to be the teacher. Um, So I know what it is to sit in that seat. And I think when I think I just hope that when people look at scores that, you know, what it takes for that, like when you're reading that score is more than just those numbers. And I and I and I and I totally understand that a a community. The only thing you got to do, though, this amount of kids and this amount is proficient or not. That's all they have to um, look at, but just have the desire to to dig deeper. Um, that's just my ask. Well, listen, it sounds like you're um, shouting out our teachers and, and what it takes to be a teacher, um, knowing you've been in this position as a long-term sub before and basically the teacher for the year for a certain amount of students. It's the resiliency of students themselves um, to get up and to come to, to school every day and, and to give it a shot, our building leaders, and also our families and our parents. Um, so I think that's what I'm hearing as far as you recognizing all the hard work it puts into it. And sometimes that sometimes doesn't get um, equated by a percentage or a score on a standardized assessment. That's true. And, and you have to be you have to be the type of individual that um, is willing to know that, you know, you got, you have to be willing to, you just have to be super committed, um, in my opinion, to our children. If you are, um, if you have, if you have been blessed with the opportunity to sit um, as a teacher, I think it should be something that is taken very seriously. I think you should um, have the desire um, to care for these kids as if they're your own. You have to be forgiven. You have to, if you if you can't, if you can't come in each day, right, and forget about what happened yesterday. Um, and give 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 a student a brand new chance. Um, I don't know that this is for you. Like that that's one valuable lesson that I learned. Um, you have to be willing to look at a parent as your partner. Um, to be open to be developed by leadership um, in areas that you know you do need development in. But it is a it's just such a um, such a very important role um, because as I've mentioned my my um, twelfth grade teacher and my fourth grade teacher your yeah. impact is actually a lifetime so just create being willing to create that village um, and working um, with the family and even you know necessary. Um, community partners just to make sure the student gets what they need. Let's hit that for a second, community partners. Who have been some of the community partners that stand out um, that work in our school system? 
I had the, I haven't had the opportunity to work with um, many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, my assignments, I'm going to be honest, when I worked in the school system, it was yep. more what was closest either to my daughter's school yep. or, or home, right? So I primarily um, was a sub in schools in the north end of Hartford. So that's, it just, it just was cause it's close by, like, how could I get off and get to get my daughter in time? Right. So in the North end, um, I had the opportunity to work with Blue Hill Civic Association. Um, and I had the opportunity to, um, be in a school with, um, the village for families and children. Right. But the Blue Hill Civic Association, they were, weren't they instrumental in the Weaver project? Very. Okay. And they also did some work at one point at Rawson School um, also. Yep. Because they, they had, um, when Rawson was received a Lighthouse grant. Okay. Um, Blue yep. Hills was one of the um, community partners there. But yes, very instrumental um, for years um, in the Weaver um, Steering Committee. And never gave up on wanting a new weaver, and we got a new weaver um, through their through their um, through their leadership and persistence over years. What do you, what impact do you think COVID has had on our students in our school system? Um, being, I so my youngest was home, um, hundred percent remote um, during when it was an option. Um, I know she, prior to COVID, she was like, you know, you got to like, get up, go to school. Mm-hmm. Not now. <laughs> she could go to school. She out of here. She's giving no trouble getting up in the morning. She's like, I'm out of here. Like, this is not. <laughs> so, um, so she's eager to be in that environment. Um, I know, and, and just speaking personally, it has to, and then we saw, you know, the, the, the test results, it had a, it had an Im- impact, um, mm-hmm. and not in a good way. Um, right. So you're speaking to the latest SBAC results that were released last week. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, very, very hard, um, um, news to hear. Um, even, even though, some could say it was expected. Like we know we are a a child being in front of their teacher is much different than a child's, you know, trying to experience that through a computer. Um, I think our school system did the best once we figured it out, because we had to figure it out. We weren't perfect by far, but once we got to a place like, okay, this is how we're going to deliver Mm-hmm. It still was. It still can't compare um, to being present um, to for your teacher to know of your struggles, be able to work with you, you know, in person is nothing that can compare to that. Um, I believe we did the best that we could do, but I don't think that best could ever um, be good enough, um, you know, compared to the real thing being in person. So um, 
is only it's only up from here. Um, I know that it was mentioned when we received the results that it's a trend across yeah. the nation. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in in looking and seeing, you know, that trend and trying to understand how others have have learned from it as we're learning the same. But yes, we all knew over through a computer screen is nowhere near you being and receiving um, your education in person. Well, I can tell you, you know, being uh, being at schools every day, that kids are back. Um, looking at our chronic absenteeism numbers, we're still not where we want to be, mm-hmm. but uh, kids are back in full swing. They want to be around their peers. Mm-hmm. They want to see their friends. They want to see their teachers. They want to learn. And so that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to encourage um, other parents like yourself um, during these times with their kids? If you had a message for parents out there, what would you say? I would just say be um, be as present um, in your capacity as you possibly could be. Um, to pay attention, to know um, what your child should be getting and and it's your responsibility to make sure you're working with a team for them to get it. Um, to be open to change, um, to be open to the new ideas um, in the offerings. Like in our meeting, we discussed, like, will there be tutoring? And we were told um, that tutoring will become available to take advantage of that. Um, to just be, just to be inquisitive, but find out what's going on, find out what's um, being offered um, and to make sure your child um, participate in those um, opportunities. I wanna hit on something as a board member that you, that you just made me think of. Do people come up to you and think that you could tell principals or the superintendent or teachers what to do? Do they come up to you and be like, listen, I got this happening. How do you handle that? That is, I say that I, that is not, or we could just tell the superintendent, we don't like that and do like, that's not our role. Our role is if the superintendent has to present what she wants to do. Mm -hmm. And we say as a body, yes or no. We vote as a body. If I don't agree with it, but my colleagues do, that's approval for what she's going to do. But I I always, um, like myself, I'm a parent. I can't just go and tell somebody what to do. I have to start with my teacher. So so listen, hold up. Okay. So listen, so listen, because you were you were probably one of these parents too, maybe, maybe not. But just for our listeners, right? We have that public comment section. Yes. Right? That public comment section where people come up and they could be a parent, they could be a student, they 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 could be a staff member, and they come up and they want their 
concerns heard. Sometimes they come up with great stuff of mm-hmm. accolades just for people in their community or in their building, and, and that's fine. But a lot of times they want to come and they've been, listen, I'm coming to the board to let my uh, concerns be heard or to complain about this. And what do you do with that? So we do. So Christina Santiago is our liaison. It's plenty of times where I say that, you know, that speaker that came, what, what are we doing about that? Like, we don't just listen to you and be like, oh, well, that's the superintendents and her employees. They got to figure that out. No, it's plenty of times that you're like, what is going on with that? And we and we are informed of that process. Well, um, this person talked to them. This is what, you know, and then sometimes you say, I want to know how that turned out because, right. we, we, you know, there is a concern there. So plenty of times I'm asking, like, what was that? And, or to or because through the investigation of um the Hartford Public Schools employee, they find out what really happened. And then we're we're informed of what really happened, what really was the situation, what we did to rectify it or how we helped them get what they needed or if it was a service, you know, that their child, you know, should have received. And like, so we, I, I know I do, I can't speak for other board members, but when it's, those items, we can definitely get follow-up and we have asked. I know I have. Well, I'm, 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 I'm doing this because it's the podcast. I, I know exactly what happens. I yeah. Oh yeah. You definitely, you definitely. I <laughs> sit there. I might have to go chase that person down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. You know, find out. Out complaint and find out. Um, do you get emails about situations as well? Absolutely. How do you respond Absolutely. to that though? I, I tell them, cause it's some things that we don't necessarily right off the top of our head, know every pro- protocol for every right. situation. Right. So our magical, um, sauce is Christina Santiago. She will find it out. She will <laughs> keep us, keep us informed. Yep. Um, we don't, we don't, um, communicate of course we have access to the superintendent but we don't communicate with directly with her staff we create we communicate through um miss santiago so she is our liaison we need this report we need follow-up we have questions and she is our go-to to get every question that we have um answered so we we are we are very blessed in that sense um but we don't um, necessarily call up the curriculum director and say, I don't, I don't like that math book. You need to right. know it does right. not happen like that. So if, um, there's, if there's, if there's um, issues or concerns you have at your building, you should always start in your building um, with the staff members there and mm-hmm. with the principals and the teachers of that particular building. Right. Yes. I just encourage a parent and, Sometimes it's a hard um, conversation to be had, but the teacher, that's who's with your child Mm -hmm. all day. Mm -hmm. So it is to your benefit to have a relationship with your child's teacher. We also have the family 
support service providers, and I know I'm missing an acronym in there. That <laughs> I'm missing a letter. It was C. It was C community. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, so you have a resource at your school yeah. when you need assistance. Maybe you don't know how to have that conversation with the teacher or you've had the conversation with your teacher, but you it's something more that you need. You have that support at the school level You're at, to advocate with you, um, to help yeah. you along with that process. But there is no, um, and I've had, I've, I have two kids and I can't say I've gotten along with every single teacher, but we've been able to respect each other and know that we have a common interest, which is my child. That's right. I have an expectation, they have an expectation, and I'm willing to say, aside from any personal feelings, we have to work together. Like we are the team. Right. So I encourage um, parents to do that. But there is a way that when you're not getting what you feel you deserve, um, there there is advocacy for you. Um, if even if it's not in the school, um, we have the welcome center that also um, is able to um, advocate and accompany accompany you to meetings. The support is for you, but there's nothing I've did better than develop um, a, a relationship um, with my child's teacher. Okay, so don't share your email address right now with everybody. <laughs> Make sure they don't um, harass you because there's nothing you can do about it. Or can they reach out to you um, or any board member with um, something and, and you'll look into it? If it's, I, I'm never going to deny someone an opportunity to reach out to me. Um, I will tell you um, the correct procedure. Yep. Um, I want your um, concern to be addressed. Yep. Um, so I, that's why I sit where I sit. If I didn't have the desire for that, I wouldn't be. So that's like one of my top three, <laughs> um, definitely. Um, and is it now that I would say my email address? Okay. I, don't, I don't mind. So, so it's Shantae.Brody at HartfordSchools.org and my name s h o n t a dot b r o w d y at harfordschools.org. Um, I appreciate you doing that. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, no, um, no problem. But we appreciate you sharing your email address and advocating for our um, students and staff and families here mm -hmm. at Hartford Public Schools. Um, we don't let anybody get out of here without giving us something um, that they're into. So I know you're binging on something. What you got that you were so excited to tell us about? I binge watched um, All American. And it's based out of um, uh, California. Yep. And it's very... Um, I don't know how I got watching it, but I didn't know it was a new season because I hadn't been on Netflix uh -huh. for a few. But then I, when I found out it was, it was, it was a straight binge watch um, through. I had a very, I was lucky. My employer said Labor Day weekend, we're going to give you the Friday before and yeah. the Tuesday after. 
Nice. So it was very long um, weekend. So I got a chance and it was a little, is a little something in there with magnet schools and their school and fighting for their school. So it was really um, interesting, but I enjoy um, all American. Go back. So now let everybody know what all American is about. So it is a, a young man who ends up being all American, but it was just, he's, he's on a, um, a football team. Um, so it's just the story of his life. Um, he spent the year um, living with a coach and going to um, a school in Beverly, not Beverly Hills, Malibu or somewhere, somewhere different from um, where he's from. He's he from, right? he from, he from the hood. Yep, right. high school. High school yep. And um, it just lets you know about kids and basically it could be you could be well off as far as more better off people would say in terms of money Mm -hmm. but it's still issues as in any teenage um town right any school so that um you learn a lot about seeing into that the struggles of students about um relationships building relationships outside of your own community. Um, he ended up going back to, you know, his own community. Yep. Um, but a very special um, individual, um, Spencer James, um, is the, the main character. character. Okay. So I, I have to say I haven't quite seen that. Well, I'm almost ashamed because my son, he's 23, tried to put me on to that show. Um, a lot of other people have mentioned that show. So it's got to be something um, that I, I got to check out. Is it is touches so many different areas? Yep. Is a Black Lives Matter part that one of the characters get interested in? Is is the music industry? Right. Um, it lets you know about recruiting of athletes. Is a lot of different. So it, it crosses um an array of interests. So yep. it, that's probably why the audience for it is like a little diverse. It is. It is. I've heard a lot of different um, people talk about it, young and old, um, different nationalities, race, everything. So, all right. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. I know you was excited about that part. <laughs> yes. All American. So, um, again, thank you, Miss Brody, for coming on, talking about, you know, your past growing up here in Harper Public Schools and our, and our school system. Thank you for shouting out your former teachers. We always love when people do that. And most importantly, thank you for your service on our Board of Education. And I wish you nothing but the very uh, best of luck come November what? 2nd. Second. Tuesday, November 2nd. Thank you. <laughs> vote day. Wait, do we have to go to work that day? Can we have the day off? Do you get to make that decision on vote day? Mm, I think we're, I think we're um, in school. I we're think so. I don't know. I don't remember last year. Because okay, we no do way. vote, we do voting in our schools, but it's not a it's not a heavy election because right, that's the only thing you know right. that's on the so they probably like no. Nah, go to school. You're gonna be in All you're right. gonna be <laughs> Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for your time. That's a wrap. You have just finished an episode of Let's Talk Harper Public Schools podcast. To listen to more conversations from the Harford, Connecticut education community, search Let's Talk Harford Public Schools on your favorite podcast platforms. We are also streaming on WQTQ.FM and Harford Public Schools website. Remember, 
Stand for something or fall for anything. <laughs>